0: Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Tuesday, good to check in with Ron Ross, who has been scouring the headlines overnight, the latest breaking news out of Israel and the Middle East. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Hey, Ron, let's start with the headline, Offshore deals by Jordan's king and senior Israeli political leaders have been made public by the so-called Pandora Papers. What's the story here?
1: Former Jerusalem mayor Nia Barkat and Jordanian king Abdullah II were among the hundreds of politicians, billionaires, celebrities, drug dealers, royal family members and religious leaders exposed by the Pandora Papers a 2.94 terabyte database exposing offshore dealings published by the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, ICIJ, on Sunday. The Pandora Papers is the world's largest ever journalistic collaboration with over 600 journalists from 117 countries analysing over 11.9 million documents. The documents expose over 330 politicians from over 90 countries. There are 565 Israelis listed as fi- final beneficiaries of companies, placing Israel in 16th place among all the countries in the league in terms of the number of beneficiaries. The Pandora Papers revealed that former Jerusalem mayor and current Likud party member Nia Barkat held shares in several companies. One of the non Israeli officials highlighted by the ICIJ in its announcement. With Jordan's King Abdullah II, with ICJ re- revealing that the monarch secretly owned 14 luxury homes in the UK and US worth more than 106 million dollars total. Jordan received over 1.5 billion in aid and military funding from the US last year, and the EU has agreed to provide the kingdom with over 118 million in the light of the corona crisis. The Pandora Papers additionally revealed that the King has owned at least 36 front companies in tax havens, although the exact purpose or assets of some of the shell companies is unclear.
0: Well, lots more, no doubt, to come to light with those Pandora papers from the weekend. Uh, Not only global leaders and uh, rulers, but also Australians named in those Pandora papers as well. Hey, Ron, let's move on to some other headlines. Iran demands the USA unfreeze $10 billion as a condition to resume nuclear talks. What's this one about?
1: On Saturday, Iranian Foreign Minister Hossein Amir Abdullah told state television that U.S. officials tried to discuss restarting nuclear talks last month, but he insisted Washington must first release $10 billion of Tehran's frozen funds as a sign of goodwill. The United States used intermediaries at the United Nations last month to attempt to make contact, according to the Iranian foreign minister. Iran has been unable to obtain tens of billions of dollars of its assets in foreign banks, mainly from exports of oil and gas, due to USA sanctions on its banking and energy sectors. Western powers have urged Iran to return to negotiations and said time is running out as Iran's nuclear program is advancing well beyond the limits set by the
0: deal. Ron, let's move on to some other headlines. The Israeli government has moved to enlist the feared intelligence group Shin Bet to fight rising crime. But Arab Israelis have divided opinions. What's the story here?
1: A government decision to step up Shin Bet involvement in fighting rising organised crime in Arab communities finds Arab Israelis divided, with some firmly opposed and others desperate for solutions to combat the escalating violence. On Sunday, the government decided to involve Shin Bet and the Israeli military to fight the tide of illegal arms in Arab society. The easily available weapons are seen as a key engine of the wave of violent crime that has left 96 Arab Israelis dead since the beginning of 2021. Public Security Minister Omar Bali said in early September that he'd held discussions with Justice Minister Gideon Saar in an attempt to find the legal footing for Shin Bet to join the fight against the Arab criminal organisations
0: is an interesting one that seems to rear its head from time to time. Has the location of Noah's Ark finally been proven using 3D scans? What's this headline about?
1: It's got to be one of the most controversial topics in the Bible. In 1959, a cartographer named Ian Durapina discovered a boat-shaped footprint on top of a mountain in the Dazabazad region in Turkey... Now, American researchers and Turkish scientists of Noah's Ark Discovered Project claim that they're proof that the biblical relic lies beneath the surface of that very region. Using 3D scans of GPR and ERT technology, the researchers claim that they uncovered a man-made boat structure beneath the ground before beginning any excavation. The formation identified in the scans according to the team, matches the dimensions of the Genesis description of Noah's ark. (coughs) Incidentally, this week's Torah portion tells the story of God's instructions to Noah to build an ark and carry with him a male and female of each animal. The text carries specific descriptions regarding the size and structure of the vessel, 300 cubits length, 50 cubits breadth, and height 30 cubits. Cubits is a biblical term called Amar in Hebrew, meaning forearm, and is estimated to be approximately 18 inches, or about half a meter long. The Torah further tells us that the ark landed on the hills of Mount Ararat, a dormant volcano near the east border of Turkey. Researcher Andrew Jones and lead scientist Dr. Uxol of the Department of Geophysical Engineering believe that the results of the scans indicate a man made artifact beneath the surface that could well be the ark.
0: Well, earlier uh, claims to find the ark have been debunked. Uh, let's see what comes of this new one. Hey, Ron, uh, that's not the only thing that might prove a Genesis account. The book of Genesis comes alive as new evidence suggests the destruction of Sodom is just as the Bible explained. What's this one about?
1: It says, a- Cosmic airburst obliterated a Middle Bronze Age city northeast of the Dead Sea approximately 3,600 years ago, an event which may have been recorded as the biblical account of the destruction of Sodom, according to research published by the journal Scientific Reports. Examining evidence from 15 years of archaeological excavations at the site of the destroyed city known as Tal el Hamam the authors concluded that the only plausible formation mechanism that can account for the city's unique destruction is the tremendous detonation of an incoming space rock. The site's 1.5-metre-thick carbon and ash-rich destruction layer contains materials such as shocked quartz, melted pottery and mud bricks, diamond-like carbon, soot, melted plaster, carbonised pieces of wooden beams charred grain and fragments of human bones. The description in Genesis of the destruction of an urban center in the Dead Sea area is consistent with having been an eyewitness account of the cosmic airburst. Number one, stones fell from the sky. Two, fire came down from the sky. Three, thick smoke rose from the fire. Four, a major city was devastated. And five, city inhabitants were killed and six area crops were destroyed. According to chapter 19 of Genesis, the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord of heaven, and he overthrew those cities and the entire plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and the vegetation of the ground.
0: Interesting. Well, isn't it fascinating to be able to talk about the archaeological evidence for the history and the events of the Bible? And uh, in the next breath, to be able to talk about the things that are happening today in the nation of Israel that indicate the prophetic fulfillments for the future. Amazing stuff to get updates with you each week and getting those headlines, Ron Ross. Thanks so much for joining us once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil.